On the other side of difficulty is always a breakthrough. But we have to see difficulty in a different point of view. Difficulty is just an opportunity for you and I to push through. God is watching our response due to everything that he allows to come our way. So what are we saying regarding what we're seeing? Even when it comes to things that we do not want to experience and we are experiencing because we cannot help what's happening, it doesn't mean to say what I'm feeling on a level of what's going on because I shouldn't feel the way how things appearing to be to me in a natural that's subject to change. I cannot lower myself to feel like a disaster, to feel like calamity, to feel like distress, to feel like what I see that's subject to change. I cannot, you cannot allow myself to feel discomfort because discomfort is coming up against me. I cannot feel unease because opportunities to feel unease are around me. I cannot allow maliciousness to overtake me because I see maliciousness maliciousness in the atmosphere. I cannot allow bitter to come in because I see things that are bitter on the, you know, outside of me, all around me. We have to respond different to what we see that we know is subject to change. If someone is troubling you on a job, why speak on the level of the trouble regarding the trouble? It's going to keep trouble there. We keep calling up each other, still talking about the same things. Do we know that seeds at the wayside? If I'm telling you what not to do being used by Holy Ghost and we're still doing it, that means those seeds fail that we heard. We don't want to read the word as a what not to do and then things happen and we do what we know we're not supposed to do. That's called foolish. If I'm calling any of you up and telling you what's going on, I don't have to tell you detail. Why? Because I'm not entertained by that. Neither should you. So we're going to call each other up and just pray. And it's okay to call demons out for what they're trying to do, being sent from Satan. But if you think that your neighbor, which is your brother and sister, is your your enemy, you are wrong. Because God say, we we don't wrestle, excuse me, against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against each other. I'm not going to get mad at you because you're being used by the enemy to try to tear me down. I'm not going to get mad at you because you're lying to me. I'm not going to get mad at you because you're thinking you're in my way. I'm not going to get mad at you because you've written me up on a job. I'm not going to get mad at you because you give me a bad report. I'm not going to get mad at you because you're about to cut my lights off. I'm not going to get mad at you because you're about to foreclose my home. I'm not going to get mad at you because you want to divorce me. I'm not going to get mad at you because you smacked my child in the face. I'm not going to get mad at you. You're not the responsible one. So I can't ever get mad at you. I can't distance myself from you. I can't talk about you. I can't want to fight you. I can't dishonor you because that's wrestling against flesh and blood if I do. I can't. I won't. God instructed us not to. So why do it? If I hear people talking about me, what do I do? Go and talk about what they're talking about to somebody else who loves me? That's becoming conformed. God has things to be exposed unto us to go to him about it so he can be what he needs to be regarding it. We call on his name. Do you know we call on his name without verbally doing it? Our hearts are calling him. 
I'm stressed out. They're saying, Father, I'm depressed. Father, I'm glad. Father, I'm excited. Father, I'm going through it. Father, I know I win. Father, the doctor said, Father, the report has changed. Father, whether good or bad, right or left, we still call on God all the time. And he wants the access to come in and be who he is in a situation every time. How many times that you and I was pressing God to get us home with that little bit of gas? And we don't want that. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Start up again. Start up again. Start up again. You understand? Thank you, Jesus. I don't know how many times in the church parking lot I was like, Father God, in the name of Jesus, don't let this, don't let this car break down. Don't let it break down. Don't let it break down. Let it break down. Let it break down. Believe in God for gas to get home and to church. And I did every time. Just because we believe in God for, you know, increase with resources, it doesn't mean that we don't have the support right now to have those things. We all do, but we just not operate in the wisdom of God as to how to use the resources that he placed within our reach to use them successfully. Because God gives me money doesn't mean I go shopping all the time. It doesn't mean I give it out all the time. And that's what I have done. And he had to stop me three years ago. Stop. Stop. And I don't mean sowing into people's lives and doing good deeds. I mean, no. Here, go get you something to drink. Calm down. Don't worry about that. I got you. What, you want some smoke? You want some drink? Okay, chill. I mean like that. Come on, y'all. Don't worry about no gas. Okay, you follow me. Okay, I'll get you. Okay, we going to the casino. All right, chill. Here, take this to gamble with. Here, start with $200, okay? It was like that every time for me. You don't have to put your drinks away. You can keep your drinks. You can still drink mine. Here, I bought cigarettes for everybody. Okay, I'm going to eat three meats with every meal. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you guys, I will fix roast, fried chicken, and ribs with two sides for dinner. Who has three meats? Drinking wine and beer and liquor in one cup. Wasting money. Giving people money to re-up on their drugs. I had nothing to do with that, but I'm giving them money knowing what they're going to do with it. You know, I can't get a job. You know what I'm saying? You know, these just, you know, people that you know around the way. You know, I got kids. You know what I'm saying? Can you, can you know what I'm saying? Look out for a brother. You know what I'm saying? We family. People know how to use the right words to get what they want at the right moment. Yes, we are family, which means I have to listen to what God has to say to do, to continue to have us to expand as family, to grow as family. Continue to rise up as family. Be one as family. 
to come up higher as family and not go down, but grow down so we can actually come up as family. So I had to learn how to keep my mouth quiet. That's the first thing God taught me as a kid. Keep your mouth quiet when it's time to be quiet. Many of us cannot wait to talk. We cannot wait to tell what we encounter. Guess what I just heard? Here goes Thanksgiving. Many want somewhere to go and eat. Don't ever talk about somebody's cooking again. We don't want to be bougie and think we're blessed. It has people to feel like you and I think we're better when we're actually aware on the inside. We are low and I mean in esteem than we have ever been before. It's a cover-up. Every person that's bougie, they need things to help them feel as to know who they are because they're defining themselves with things. A bougie person don't know how to love you. A bougie person can't help but the gossip. Because they live from the outside and not live from the inside out. Don't ever allow someone to say that you're bougie and you think it's a good thing to be. I had to correct someone. Years ago, I'm bougie. You know, people just keep saying I'm bougie. Like, that's not cute. That's an insult. <laughs> that's saying you think you better. That's saying that you don't need God. That's saying that you are your own God. Because you made things your God for you to also be your own God with the things that you have from your false God. You don't want that lifestyle. Because it's a it's an isolating lifestyle without even God having us to come away to be isolated, to draw people unto himself. No, it's an isolation that no one wants to be bothered with you and I. They don't even want to call us to invite us to places anymore. They don't even want us around because our spirits are bad. We lie a lot. We exaggerate a lot when we bougie. Because we're covering up what needs to be actually exposed. Do you know every person that's bougie grew up without things and they feel like, you know what, I'm never going to be like that again, so I'm going to do what it takes to make sure I'm good. That's a spirit of Judas. Let's talk about that. Judas to speak his life modern day so you can understand, Judas was on welfare, got tired of it. Grew up without a father, got tired of it. He was a hustler, drug dealer, murderer, robber. Whatever it took to get what he wanted. He wouldn't buy a car, he'd steal one. He wouldn't pay for a meal, he'd walk out before the waiter come and get the check. I'm going to do what it takes to keep my money and spend other people's. Or I don't need your money because mine is better than yours. A bougie person has sold their soul for things and think those things define who they are. 
Diamonds define you. Vehicles define you. Money define you. Because without those things, you don't even know who you are, who I am. So when Judas did that deed that he was going to do to Christ, he couldn't take it anymore. And he threw himself over a cliff. He couldn't take it. I'm a bad person. I care about money because I'm scared of being broke. I'm scared of being on welfare again. I'm scared of not having. I'm scared of being evicted. I got to make sure I have money. I'm scared. I'm scared of not knowing what can happen to my life financially. So I got to cake up, cake up, cake up, cake up, and stay awake to cake up, cake up, cake up. There are people who don't sleep at the casino right now, 24 hours on the clock, just gambling, giving up money and losing it. And some winning, but they think they're really winning, but they're really losing. How can I say God my provider with scratch off tickets? That's not going to ever work. Because I'm looking down for a blessing on that strip to, cut, to scratch it out when I can look up and receive a blessing without even trying to pay for one. I want God to move in my life without money, even though he gives it to me. I want you to move in ways that doesn't even involve money. We can't love things. We can only enjoy them. Because God created us to love what can only love us back. Things doesn't have life. They don't think about us. They have no life to even care. A day of all day just preaching until 10 o'clock. Got me preaching and praying until 10 o'clock. Four hours. Dinner is already ready. Baked chicken, corn, greens, and macaroni and cheese. And that got done before 8 o'clock. It was 7.42. Dinner is ready. Because he has my day to be the way how he wanted, as he have your day to be, how he has it to fit his purpose, his will, to glorify himself. Sometimes we make mistakes and we just are well there feeling so bad. God said, let it go and move on. I knew he was going to do that. I knew he was going to do that. I'm so glad that my mistakes are over that I am caused amongst myself, towards myself. Do you notice us as parents? And it doesn't matter if you have children here naturally or not. What we do affect our children. So I have to go to God about my son. I can't go to my son about me as a parent. No, God is our parent, son. And God showed me whenever I make a decision foolish, the devil is coming for my son. Because he goes straight to the seed because he already have us. Now he's going for the seed. Because if he go for the seed, then he's going to go for the seed that come out that seed. That's why Noah was so pissed off. He cursed Ham's son. 
that wasn't even yet born. He looked at his son's genitals and said, Cursed be cannon that come out of you. Shem and Japheth, your son going to serve them. And you know what's so amazing? That God used his grandson to have a land full of milk and honey. The land of what? Canaan. Canaan came because of Canaan. Because who is nowhere to seek to think he could curse something that's blessed? Many of us curse people all the time because we pissed. I hate you. Mm. Can't stand you. Mm. I said, God, what is something that you really dishonored to hear us say that you wish each other go to hell? And many don't even know what they're saying. They just say it out of anger. Man, go to hell. Go to hell with you. Ooh, God said, mm, don't say that. Don't say that. I said, what's the best thing you can hear us say? What must I do to be saved? I said, God, what's your favorite color? Spirit. What? Spirit. <laughs> what's your favorite fruit? I don't have any. I don't have any favorites because I am the creator of it all. I put my all in everything I do the same. The same I make an apple, the same I feel when I make an orange. I don't make one less than, even though it looked different than. Nothing is ever more than I give my all in all that I do. And I want you all to do the same for me. Doesn't it taste good? I put my all to give you taste. So you can taste and see that I am good. I put two senses in one phrase. Taste and what? See. And guess what? Here's a third one. To feel that I'm what? Good. Mm, God. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh, Holy Ghost, use me. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is faithful. I made a decision that was wrong. And Holy Ghost would tell me five, six, seven, eight plus years. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back all day long. Like, you understand the seconds on the clock. What <laughs> the sound effects. You understand? You get what I'm saying? And Holy Spirit was saying to me, go back. Go back. Go back. 1253, go back. 1254, go back. 1255, go back. 56, go back. 57, 58, 59. One o'clock, go back. All day, every day for six, seven plus years. Go back. You walked away from marriage. I didn't know mercy was going to come that fast for me. I'm what, 25, 26? I just joined my church home like in a year. And there goes marriage. See, I'm thinking you got to wait like five years and at any time. I was ready for marriage when I wasn't ready for marriage. I'm so glad that it's been restored. And I'm even the more glad that I'm better now than I was before. Let me tell you something that's very important about walking away in procrastination. 
is holding up people, places, and things from manifesting. How long we take to get it together, that's how long others have to wait for us to get it together. And that man sitting there waiting all that time for me to get it together and probably wondering, like, what else am I going to do? She done married somebody else. Because no one looks at merch for it to be temporary. She done made a false move, but dad, she chose that. But this is what you said to me, God, so what am I going to do now? I don't know what that man's life was like. Was he thinking like, okay, um, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. God. Were you thinking like, okay, well, there goes that, but I still believe what God said. Or I'm not going anywhere. I believe what you're saying. It's going to happen one day. I don't know. But I just thank God that you did not move. I'm not that person that would treat someone any kind of way and don't want that to be done unto me. No. See what sin does. It separates us from truth. And I was walking around truth and a lie. I'm in church with another man. Introducing them and people looking like, okay, you know, well, nice to meet you, but <laughs> no, that's not you, cute. That's not you, cute. Sometimes you can make a ditch so deep that you just be like, forget it, and try to just sit in your own mess, trying to figure out how you're going to get yourself out of that big mess. And sometimes we feel like we stuck. I was like, my life sucks so bad from the decisions that I'm making. It sucks. Alcohol is not going to help this. Cigarettes is not going to help this. Working, working, working is not going to help this. Spending money going to places is not going to help. Because every time I lie down or it breaks in between, there goes reality. This is not cool. This is not what I want. I'm done with this. I'm telling you. And Holy Spirit said to me, during a pandemic... There's no work for us. We have to work from home. We can't go inside, the, you know, the location, the facility. Okay, but, you know, you still get paid, but you still got to do your work through Zoom. Okay. So I'm teaching, you know, young kids over the Zoom. You understand? Teaching them on Zoom. And you can't really teach on Zoom. Kids not sitting there looking at no camera that's under three. Going over numbers, shapes, colors, animals, and just even asking them what they're like, what they're doing, getting them to, you know, use a small, large muscle motor skills. Teaching them more than one language. They're not going to sit for that over no Zoom. Circle time, story time, creative time, show and share time, meal time, nap time. They're not going to sit for that. You understand? And so, they couldn't do it that long. It was like, you know, we're just going to just, you know, close the center. And guess what? No tuition, no pay, guys. And all of a sudden, they asked me to pray. 
Before my breakthrough came, I wanted to die without suicide thoughts. I mean, I just wanted to be just like Job. If I have not been here, I'll never forget. I had braids in my hair, paid for a hotel room, and I cut all the braids out of my hair. I cut every braid out. Who does that? I was just, I I was going through it. (laughs) Like, forget it. And I was drunk too, but anyway, (laughs) I woke up like, what (laughs) did I do to my hair? (laughs) You understand? (laughs) I feel like I couldn't take it anymore. I got home from work. My car was gone. My direct deposit I just got from the job was gone. And my cell phone. And those are things that we really use daily. You know, our vehicles to get us around, our phones to, you know, talk and communicate with people and find out things, you know, and the money that you have, that's to, you know, help you purchase things. I had none of that for 11 days with a child. And God put it in me, don't call nobody. Do what you know how to do. And I thank God, me and my son, God had us to see it through. That boy was so glad and happy of any other time. And I couldn't believe how happy he was to be in something like that. Because he wasn't looking at it like that. I mean, it was to the point we were sleeping in the laundry room. God said, don't call nobody. I'm like, oh my gosh, do what you know how to do. 11 days survival mode with the thoughts that's coming to my mind. I get on from work. He meet me at my job. He not once asked, where's the car? Where's the phone? None of that. We was just, you know, where's the money? None of that. Because I didn't raise him off of things. And I thank God I didn't because had I did, ooh, Jesus. And he didn't say a word. I'm so glad he didn't go to his father and say, well, we don't have the car. You know, the money is, you know, we're eating, you know, whatever. I'm going to tell you how God came through. I went to a restaurant and I was so hungry. I'm just going to get a courtesy cup of water to try to fill up with fluid. And everything that I get, I get to my child first. I don't care how hungry I get. He get it first. I went to a restaurant and this man yelled out, oh my goodness. I was just thinking about you, woman of God. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. I was so hungry. I couldn't barely, I could barely walk. This man said, I was just thinking about how you saved me from going to jail. I was going to kill my daughter, baby father, because he put his hands on my daughter. But I heard a word from you that day. You was preaching and you was like, don't do it. Forgive, walk in love. And I did. And look, I'm out. And he, he walk in forgiveness and he don't do it no more. And guess what? They get married. I always listen to you, woman of God. What do you want from here? It's on me. I was, like, I was like, I'm fine. No, what do you want? You came here for a reason. He said, you think I don't know that you're going through it? But look at you. You're still giving a word from God. You're supposed to go through it to come out on top. He was he was then preaching to me. See, God will use somebody who you preach to preach at you with the words that God used you to preach at them with. Come on. He said, you get the best out of here. Every time you come here, get a meal and get a drink for you and your kid. I was like, wow, thank you, God. 
I got home from work. I'm like, I don't know how we going to eat dinner. I'm, I'm like, I can't even call nobody. All of a sudden, we just riding around downtown D.C. on the bus to it get dark. Then we find somewhere to sleep. Remind you, my entire, my cards, credit cards, everything to do anything about a bank, anything. My ID, everything was gone. Couldn't do nothing without nothing. My vehicle and my phone. I would ask people to use their phones. Some would let me use. Some would just walk past like, no, you're not going to snatch my phone and run off. You really see how people respond when you are in a situation where you have to reach out for people for a little help. Some would treat you like garbage. And then let you ride around in a, you understand, a Porsche or a BMW or something or Benz. And you say hello. Oh, hey, how are you? See what I'm saying? See how much we'll move off things regarding each other? Oh, because you don't have things? You're a nobody? Ooh, Jesus. No, I'm a nobody when I think that I'm not somebody because I don't have what can perish away. When I have the things that are eternal? Jesus. God showed me Bank of America. I was with them for over 15 years. I was with them when they was Wachovia. That's how long I was with Bank of America. And I'm going to tell you, what's so amazing is that, um, yes, Father, whatever that was mishandled, I receive it. Thank you. Thank you. God want me to talk about this. God said, Quenisha, 1B on your cash app. I was like, 1B? And I never verified what God was saying to me. Like, okay, whatever you want to put, I don't care if it's $2. Two weeks later, God would say to me, now go on cash app and push one digit and keep pushing zeros, you know, to reach the limit on cash app. At one time, it let me do, you know, 10,000, you know, 100,000. Then it was like 1 million. I said, why do you get whatever you want? You can make any deposit. I mean, a, a transaction is a transaction no matter how much it is if you have it in your account. I never did anything over, you know, thousands. You understand? I didn't do 10,000s, 100,000s because I, you know, didn't have that to do the transaction naturally. But I'm going to tell you, God said, now see how much you can get. What's the max? The max is 10,000. 10,000. It changed. It changed. And God was like, I wanted you to see how much you trust me. Because when I said, you know, a deposit of, excuse me, a transaction of 1 million, 1 billion, you didn't verify it to say, let me see if God, you know, really, you know, saying this to me. You didn't even think about it. You didn't go back and verify it. You just believe what I said and whatever. You just left it there to whenever. Now go see how much you can get out the most, the max, 10000 So I don't know what happened with Cash App, with a lot of transactions, a lot of fraud. And they had lowered the value of getting a transaction to a certain amount. Cannot get past 10000 the day that God used me to check. And so I said, Father, whatever you want to do, whatever you give me, let me tell you guys something. I have so much money out there that was mishandled. It don't, same goes for you. I'm telling you, it don't make no sense. 
It doesn't make any sense. So much mishandled money with your name on it. Access. Things that people left. I'm telling you. There are things that's going to have your name on it in different parts of this earth. I'm telling you. All the money that Satan stole from you. Or you get that unlimited fold. When God said in the word some 30, some 60, some 100 fold, it doesn't mean I created you to get only 30 and then you 100. That means he has a respect of a person and he is no respect of a person. That means he is and he's not. If he have us to live like that. No. We always misinterpret what he's saying because we try to think what he's saying in the natural comprehend it naturally his words are not for the natural body at all it's for the spirit man he didn't say those who worship worship me and flesh and in truth no spirit and i'm gonna tell you it means that some people use their faith for you know a little somewhat mediocre and somewhat at all just like he said many are chosen but i mean many are handpicked but only a few chosen that don't mean that he went around and just selected those he gonna use that means that everybody has an opportunity, but only, you know, a few people going all out for me. A few people actually being Christ-like. Not just delivering a message and going home and talk about people like a dog. Many of us do a lot of that at home. With our families at the dinner table or watching movies or whatever we're doing. In a car on family trips, we're talking about people like a dog. And they're walking in love in people's face. God sees everything. He says only a few people who walk in love everywhere they go. I can't be effective to release Holy Spirit if Holy Spirit knows that I'm walking in lies behind your back. Hallelujah. So God said, go back to, I'm telling you, that cash shop. I was like, okay, God, whatever you want to do with that. Because I'll never forget I put away $25,000. Out of $75,000, I put away $25,000 for, you know, we call, quote, unquote, a rainy day. And I'm going to tell you guys something. I hid it so well, I don't know where it is. <laughs> I don't know where it is. And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody what I did. <laughs> no, I don't know what I have done with it. I don't know. I don't know. And God is showing me CDs, you know. I don't know. See, let me let me give you guys the testimony. I was in a bad car accident, and I won a lawsuit. It was a million-dollar lawsuit that we had to really, you know, share amongst six people. And it left me with 101000 And after paying the lawyer's fees, what is a third... I walked off with 75000 So listen, I went into Bank of America. I, it just became Bank of America from Wachovia. And they asked me, you want a CD? You know, you want a disc? Of course. Do you want to put your son name on your, you know, account? Of course. Do you want it to have it where he had things for him that he can't touch until he's 18? No, because I'm taking care of him now before 18. So it's going to be ours. What's mine is his. <laughs> and I don't remember what happened with that. I don't remember what I done, what I signed. 
I, you know, I could call the banks that I went to and all that. And they's like, you know, you haven't been here so long. We don't have nothing for you, nothing in your name. I'm telling you, I'm serious, guys. I put money to a side that I only, I hit it so well. And I was highly medicated because I had broken ribs and I just had a cesarean section for my son. I was in labor for five days and five nights. That's a long time in labor. Because he wasn't, it wasn't time for him to come. But that day he ready, he was ready to come on Valentine's Day, 8, 10 in the morning. And I'll never forget how nervous his father was, but he was there. He ain't never leave. But you have to go to work to pay those bills. I cannot work. I'm like this. So I didn't even tell him about the money I put up. I told no one. I don't even know where it is. I hit it that well. I don't even know where that $25,000 is. No, I don't know where it is. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. And God is saying to me, I do. I know where it is. I don't know where it is. <laughs> no. And you know what's so amazing? To have that money in such a time as this. Because <laughs> I beat myself up so bad. You know, over 65000 gone in one year. Because I did a lot of spending, not just for me, but others as well. Many were calling me crying about their mortgage, their rent. Okay, fine. How much is it? I never forget. I paid some. I paid my rent a year. They was and the rental office was like, "Hold up, you have a year worth of rent? <laughs> Why don't you have a house?" Because I didn't have no wisdom to know anything about a home, being a homeowner. And I thank God I didn't because I was in a relationship with my son's dad. And that's not what God wants. That's to build a home and not even you the man for me. So God spare me all the things that you do the first time with the right person. So everything you could think of to do for the first time, I never done. I've been on dates, but not a real date. Because I wasn't engaging. Because I wasn't being me. So God spare all of us from just anything that we can do because every good thing comes from above that we think we can get pleasure out of. We can't get it without him. It only comes from him. And I'm going to tell you guys, I don't know where that money is, but God does. And I think it's a little more than that. I think it's 50,000. I'm trying to, I know it's more than, I know it's 25 and above. I'm telling you, I put that money up y'all. I don't know where it is, but back to the story, the testimony. So I was riding on the bus to kill time for me and my son before it get dark to have us somewhere to sleep. Didn't know where. Like that movie Pursuit of Happiness, I can really feel Will Smith playing that role of that man in that movie because I had to go through that too. I know what it's like to lock the bathroom door in a place and people knock on the door and I'm like, I'm sleeping here. That happened to me in a laundry room. I locked the laundry room door and cut the lights out in this building and somebody wanted to wash clothes at one in the morning. Come on, dude. Go to bed. So he was like, you know, it scared him. So he was like, I'm going to call the police. You know, you get out of here. And I was like, darn, I got to get up and get out of here. I don't want him to call the police. So we would ride the bus to kill time. And I was so hungry. My son was hungry. And one thing I was not going to do is steal. You understand? Now, store and was like, look, we're going to eat something. Okay. And I'll pay it back. I went hard one time. i never forget. We had a cookout, just me and my child, the best that we could. Look, we're going to eat steak. I can't believe, I, I don't know how I got all that stuff. And I paid it back because I don't do all that. 
I just got desperate. I was like, forget this. I went to the store. I got two, you know, porterhouse steaks. I got the A1 sauce. <laughs> I got the utensils for the park. Because the park already had the grills. You just got to clean them. But you put your foil on it. You're good. I had to get foil. Oh, God. I got some sides. I made some kebabs for me and my son. I got dessert for us. I got some drinks, cups to put them in plates. And you tend, you probably, how did you get all that? I, I got it. And guess what I did? When I got my, my check again, I went to the store. I said here um, to the cashier. She said, why are you giving me an extra, you know, $150? Because I came in here the other day and I got some steaks and I named everything. I said, because I got tired of, I got desperate to be honest. I'm, I'm starting to get teary out of thinking about it. I said, I got desperate, and I just grabbed some things for me and my son to have, you know, a cookout because we got tired of eating the same stuff. And I got paid. I'm just paying it back. You understand? I apologize. She said, come here. You know, we got to look out for each other, right? I said, yeah. She said, don't worry about it. Go ahead. You good. You understand? So... We were riding around the bus one night, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get him something to eat. I don't know. I don't care about me eating. I'm going to work, and my just making it to work, and my my whole check was gone. Everything in my account, my car, everything was gone. Like, I'm working for nothing. And I, I never forget. I never forget. The bus driver went to a restaurant and bought all this extra food. And just set it on the side of the table like, I don't know why I bought all this. I don't even want this. God put it in that woman to buy all that food. And what I did was I gave it all to my son. And God was teaching me, you know, you have to share because he needs your strength too. He's overeating and you're not eating. You guys got to average it out. I'm providing for both of you. It is not easy to try to find a spot to sleep. Well, you don't want nobody to know where you are. I'm telling you. I went in a hotel, was in a hallway. God told me, get up and get out of there fast because there was a pimp in there and he kept walking past me and my son. Like I'm about to turn her out into making tricks for me. He ain't care about me having no child. It was women in there getting beaten and everything. And he kept looking at me like, oh, she's pretty. She's young. God said, get up, run. I got my son. We ride. This is like 9, 10 at night. And I got to get up at 6 in the morning. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I went to another laundry room in a building. I try to rotate buildings. And a group of teens went in the laundry room. And guess what? They laughed and talked about me and my kid like a dog. This woman in the laundry room, ah, she don't have nowhere to go. Ah, that's crazy. You know how mad I was? I mean, I had to really deny anger. I wanted to kill those teenagers. I was like, if I see them again, oh, God. Everybody has a side that God doesn't want us to ever be. That's not us. That temper, all that, that's not from him. 
You understand? And there goes my car back, my phone back, my wallet, my information, everything. I would be at work waiting for God to just release something for me to eat and watching people throw away food all the time and didn't even touch it. Just wasting stuff. See, I knew what it was like. God was showing me. See, I was a person. I didn't waste food, but I was a person that just wastes money, wasting resources, not being grateful, not appreciating it because I'm always having it. So God had me to not have to learn how to appreciate. And I, I never knew what it was like to not have no food. I never knew what it was like to have no car, no money, no phone, yo. I had my first pager at 13. Phones weren't even out yet. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, once you go on a side that you never was on, I can imagine how Job felt. Look at David, you and, I mean, um, Joseph, you in prison. You were always treated the best at home and receiving. I know you ate the best foods. You had the best coat. The best garments. Now you in prison with none of that. To learn how to appreciate your brothers. He didn't appreciate his brothers. He gloated. As soon as his father gave him that coat, he went straight at his brothers. Look what I got. That was the last straw. You understand? So God was teaching me how to appreciate. I'm going to St. Thomas, St. Martin, Bahamas. Treating me and five people. That's like 10,000 right there. Paying for people, you know, fun while they're there. Not even asking God. And not even, you know, in church to pay no tithes and offering. Oh, yes, I did. Thank you, God. I did. I paid 10% of 75,000. 7,500. $7,500. I did. Um, I'm telling you, I got a phone call at work. Hey, you've been at the churches, you know, with your son, right? Yeah. And you married, right? With your husband? Yeah. And you came back to this. You got your information changed from, you know, St. Mary's to PG County, you know, back because you did leave as a Washingtonian. Yeah, I switched everything over. Come to this rental office. I have something for you. You don't know how glad I felt to get a phone call out of nowhere. See, when I was going to those churches to get food and somewhere to sleep, people were watching me, going back and forth to work and being a great mom. That's one thing everybody always said, you are a terrific mother. But I didn't feel like it. 
I felt like a mother's supposed to make sure her child is good. And I did, but I was so hard on myself. I can't even feed my own kid because you're not created to feed your own kid. I'm your provider. I can never, ever forget that God is and I'm not. Hallelujah. I don't care. A millionaire, million trainer. You understand? For real. Hallelujah. I went to the rental office and they gave me an apartment. Went off, they, you know, I paid, you know, me and his income was combined. But that's when God was talking to me. They go to pandemic. Soon as we got the keys, it was quarantined. And that's when God had me in that room. And I had an encounter with Christ because it's not the marriage. Or anything started to happen from there. But it was so rough before it got to that point. I'm telling you. And I'm telling you. It's so amazing how. God made us sit down and talk about what we we about to do. And me and this person was so relieved. So relieved. This definitely going to be a part two. God say start it now because I have a half an hour. And that's it for the day. Hallelujah. So I had to, you know, he was on the couch. I was in the bedroom. We separated everything. Here's all your clothes out the closet. Mine's, you know, everything that you bought, you keep. I can't keep. I have to trash it all. I'm telling you. See, when we're doing things of God, we have to be consistent, not inconsistent. Because if we talk about we doing something for God and we start doing worldly things, they're not going to take us seriously. And he would have been like, okay, so what's up? Okay, you, okay, so what, what, what is it going to be? Because you're acting like two different people. I just stick to what I was saying from God and be an example that I'm not playing around with God's will for my life anymore. Now, of course, I didn't tell him I know who the real husband is. That's not your place. My place is let me get you away from my life. Because you're not to be connected to my life in this way. You are a brother in Christ. That's all you could ever be. And in so many ways that was demonstrated. And this person began to be, you know, understanding. Like, I'm not happy either. I, I just, you know, hey. His family was like, you know, we respect you, but we know you're not it for him. And my family felt the same way about him. But they respect it. You know, you come around, they're not going to be rude and talk about nobody. That's not what we do. Has someone to feel uncomfortable? No. We just know what it is. It's not God. It's going to take you to get out of it. We can't get it out of it for you. It was like that when his family was around and mine was around. Period. Our families never engaged, never did anything because they knew it wasn't it. That's why the devil had us to elope less than three months since we met each other. I met him April 21st, 2016, and I married him. July 16th, 2016. You see, oh, I just got that. I just got that. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Nothing but the devil. That we allowed 
to come in and steal, to destroy. And once he moved out, went back, you know, to his home, no longer our home, his life. The people came in, was like, okay, um, we're going off for two incomes. I didn't know they were watching us because, you know, it's a pandemic. So they can, they see everybody home. So the rental office, they, you know, they doing maintenance and, you know, riding around the maintenance people. So they're watching and they notice he grabbed all his stuff, packed up and left. And they came and knocked on my door just to make sure everything was okay. But they were really coming to be nosy. Okay. If he moved out, then who's going to cover his income because he makes more than she does. So they came in, you know, to see if I was going to lie about it because they knew he moved out. I don't know if he went to the rental office and said, I'm leaving. I don't know. To this day, I don't and I don't care. All I know is his, his stuff was bagged up in the living room to go out for the next trip. And they came in in the midst of him moving out. And they asked me, you know, where is he? And I had two options, lie or tell the truth. And I thought if I lie, maybe I can keep the place. And if I tell the truth, I can get put out. Because we can't live here with only my income. Because they go off of, you know, you got to at least make nowadays, you know what I'm saying, 200000 just for a two-bedroom. But um, I'm exaggerating. But anyway, I had to tell them the truth because I was, you know, rededicated back to God. I was no, I was, there was no line to me anymore. Trying to protect anything. So I said, well, I'm going through a divorce and those is things over there. You know, hey, and these older women, I thought they were going to be like, you know, well, you got to leave. She was like, okay, okay, well, appreciate your honesty. Okay, we'll be back. We'll be back. Next thing you know, I had a knock on my door. Hey, we, um, we're catering your Thanksgiving. You like deep fried turkey? You like, you know, I'll everything catered from a restaurant. For me and my kid, everything. And I was on my way to go to the grocery store to buy food. Didn't have to touch it. Now, I had money. I was getting paid. And they were like, you know, we're going to do Thanksgiving for you. I got a phone call. What are you and your son want for Christmas? I'm like, I'm on my way to go Christmas shopping. We didn't ask you that. What do you and your son want? Are you going to be home for, th- for Christmas? Yeah, okay. Everything catered for Christmas, too. Open the door. We have a live tree coming in. I mean, all this help was like, like, come on. Live tree, gifts, ornaments, everything. I'm like, oh, my God. And we're thinking that we're poor because we're blessed? We don't have because people giving? No, you're favored. That's what favor looks like. You don't have to touch your money. And you receive top-notch stuff. They didn't give me no artificial tree. I had a real live pine tree. You can smell it in the air. The ornaments were the best. The lights were the best. Had all kinds of food and so much more to give away. And then they said, come to the rental office. I came there. Would you like some cocoa, coffee, donuts, biscuits? No, I'm okay. I'm scared. Then they're going to put me out because he moved out. They said, okay, well, come over here. This is going to be your rent right now. I was like, you better stop playing with me. It's going to be your rent right now. It was way below of my income. You know how some people go according to your income. That's not an income-based. That's market-based rent. 
and you're paying 17 to 19 for a one bedroom. I had two and two bathrooms. It was like 1875, almost 19, it wasn't 19. And guess how much she told me I had to pay. And I'm making great money on the job, quarantine. Because they start paying us, you know, without, they was just make, giving us money out the budget because the purse wasn't paying. And I don't blame them. Why would I pay my child to have to come? My child can't come to school, so why am I paying for them to be in school? They're not going to do Zoom. Who's going to sit there and paint over the computer? You're not going to mess up my couch. <laughs> so, I'm telling you guys, it's so amazing because the rent was only $15. Not $203. I could have paid four, five. I could have paid nine, ten, twelve, twenty, fifteen to twenty-five dollars. All utilities included. And they was like, you know, this is your new rent. You pay this. We removed this name off the lease. You know what I did that? Because I was honest. They said, I'm going to tell you something. You are a favorite woman because it's nothing but God have us to do these things. We don't normally do this. We don't normally do this. And guess what? Somebody start hating. How she get to move in? This way, I'm I moved to this place to be more permanent here, where I am now. Someone start hating. Who are you to be able to not to pay no rent and everybody else do? Oh God, who are you to be in my business? But I didn't say that. I just say, well, you go talk to whoever and just you know. Here goes my resources and my references to give to you. If you have any questions here, you can make the phone call. Oh, well, Mr. Numbers, here you go. I can email them to you too. I wasn't being rude. I wasn't being smart. None of that. So what they had to do was put me in this, you know, specific place where it could cover them from the Maryland state. Because if it's in a system, they have somebody to stay somewhere without paying. Oh, you could lose the entire complex. It would jeopardize everybody else who lives here. It would jeopardize the Merlin state, period. So that's like, okay, that's like if I have you to work for me and then interview you. Don't have no background on you or nothing, but you are working right beside me as my, you know, as a co-owner. And then somebody go and verify, oh, you never went to college? Your position requires, you know, college education. People do do that. They back, they background, back search things to try to catch you or see how true it is. Or some can be hating and just try to find fault. And that woman was doing that. Let me see. Hold on. Who was she? How she get to do this? Hating because she didn't have it. So I denied being angry. I had to go to Merlin State and all the stuff to have it more legit in the system where I can be here without. And of course the rent went up. Of course it went up. Utilities went up. That's fine. But God is still paying them. 
He's still placing money in my hand to pay it. He's still being my provider to provide all the things that I need, much more than that. See, we always think that because it's not $10,000, it's, it's, uh, it's nothing. Oh, $100, that's all you have in your account? Oh, that's nothing. Mm, mm, mm. That $100 with cheer is more than that $1 million without cheer. You better believe that. And God cleared my schedule. You're not going back to work. Oh, wow. I know you guys are familiar with the church spirit of faith with Dr. Dee Dee and Michael Freeman. I was a caretaker of their grandchildren. And I was very good at what I do. And one thing that they really love about me is that I treated their grandchildren like all the other children. There are no special privileges up in this class because all the children are special. I watch your children like I watch theirs. I love on yours like I love on theirs. And they love that about me. But my time was up and I had to leave without giving them a 30-day notice. And you know, in a world system, that's, you know, unprofessional. That's like saying you quit. But I thank God that they understood my time was up. To watch people enjoy a beautiful Christmas and unbelieving God for just something to eat that day. I was happy for all of what I was hearing about, what their lives are like. Because Dr. Didi and Michael, during the pandemic, they spent Christmas at a beach with their family. And they did Christmas before Christmas because they wasn't going to be there for Christmas. They did Christmas like two weeks before and went live about it. Because their grandchildren wasn't in my class that day because they was at home doing Christmas. And they're giving us presents and giving us bonuses on top of bonuses. They really look out for those who work for them. And serve. And I know because I was working for them. But during the time I got there. I was overqualified for the position. And they were like, you're, you're overqualified. And I was like, well, I could just take it, please. I need something. I took it. I took it. Because the job I was on for 15 years, my time was up from that place. I couldn't help it. My time was up. The lady that came in there, supervisor, cheap, just time was up. So now I'm like, okay, I need another job. And God had me to go with them. Spirit of faith. It's called Firm Foundation. Beautiful child care facility and aftercare for teenagers and young adults. I was so good at it. Parents loved it. Can you do this after the clock, off the clock, after hours? Nah, I have my own child. And when God had me not to go back. When the pandemic was over, you know, they were working hours back again in a, you know, facility. A lot of parents were upset. Where is she? She's not coming back. God. And I'll never forget watching people order all kinds of food, throwing it in trash, 
going and driving and where you go as you please and all kinds of luxurious things. I was like, I'm so happy for you. My day is coming. So I would spend my lunch break in a baptism room where the pool is. And I'll just pray. But I didn't know it was a camera in there. And they would see, and they got the camera set up where they could see inside a facility or in their cars, on their phones, at home. They could see their facilities everywhere they go. So they was checking in and they kept wondering why she's in that baptismal room sitting there, you know, like that, doing lunch. They turned on the audio. She's in here praying. Wow. I was the best worker and I was paid the, le- the least because the position that they had was you know, was I was overqualified. So I had to take that, that like paid cut, 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 cut. That's like cutting four parts of a sandwich and you just get one one piece. The other three parts, you know, they're just throwing in the trash. And I was making Xerox copy of my pay stubs, you know, for whatever I was trying to do, I don't remember. And I left the copy, the original copy in the Xerox machine and one of the coworkers got a hold of it. And they went around talking about it. And at first they were laughing. Oh my God. She doing all that for this little bit of money? <laughs> she only getting $11 an hour? Oh my God. We get like 15 Jesus. And she do all that. And she got all these backgrounds. All this? All this training? All these certifications? Certificates? And she making $11. She could have worked two hours early. Break her neck and go bumby off of these kids for $11. They was laughing at first. Then they started realizing, wait a second. It didn't feel good to hear nobody talk about me behind my back. I'm in a bathroom. I can hear them talking about me. And I was in Burst even about the bathroom. I was so hungry that sometimes whenever the kids didn't finish eating, I ate it. I was so hungry. I was like, God, I've never been like this. i never been like this, God. I never. Father, I always give out food. Father, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I've never been like this. I never, I hear about people testimonies all the time how it, it was like Job. I never thought it would be like that for me. And some people would be spiteful. I'm going to order all this food and not even eat it just to see if she's going to ask for it. And I, I, by me knowing that motive, I didn't ask. No, I don't. I'd rather starve than ask you for anything because you're trying to be spiteful. We're supposed to be women of God in this place to help each other out. Don't go around spreading that I'm hungry. Spreading that I make $11 and I'm qualified to make over 15 So God took it up a notch. My stomach was growling so much. I said, Father, I cannot take this. I'm starving. I got so hungry. I was like, I eat out the trash. I'm hungry. I can never stoop that low. Because my money was going to hotels. This before I moved into place. Now I'm going back and forth with this. This led up to me getting a place. The man that God had me to walk away from, he was already departing, going his way. But he came back to make sure we were good before he left for good. Because he wasn't a bad person. Just wasn't a man for me. And I'm telling you. 
All of a sudden, the co-workers, they start realizing she's doing a lot. She's hungry. She only make $11. And she's doing more than we do. And she's still being nice and kind. And we're being real mean and spiteful. Talking about her and everything. And she's still being nice and helping us. She bought us a present. I bought, you know, being used by God, you know, new face masks, little designing ones. And they bought some for me after the fact. And realized she, it put them to shame. They were crying. They got together and started crying. Like, wow. I see a lot of Christ in me while he was here. I'm telling you, he said what they've done to me, they do to you. I don't want to do unto you what I read about they did to him. That means I'm against him because I'm against you. And you're for him. So why am I not for you? And they felt so bad. Like, oh my gosh. And there goes the increase and everything with it. You know, all that stimulus, that's because of God's favor over my life. See, the favor over your life, we all benefit from your favor that God placed upon you. And because of me sowing good seeds on good ground during that time, there goes a stimulus for everybody that God really wanted to get in me. Giving me free money because he was being my provider. Having me sit at home to receive his will and had all of you at home too. It was never for any of us to say we're sick and we're dying. See, we got to watch what we say no matter what's around. During that time of quarantine, that's coming away with God. What else are we going to do as believers of God? And no one knew who I was working for that that was going on because I never said anything. I'm not going to snitch and all crying. No, I didn't do all that. My feelings were hurt. Oh, very bad. To the point I didn't want to go in that place. I didn't want to go to work. I go in the closet, hang up my things. They're talking about me. I'm like, oh, God. I used to be the best with the dressing and all of that. Now it's like I only have one pair of pants and one shirt to wear to work. I'm telling you, it felt like it was getting so bad before it started getting good. When I got a phone call to get those keys, that's when everything started turning around for me. There goes bonuses on the job. Because the pandemic happened, the quarantine, right, you know, around October 2020. September, you know, but when we really started feeling it, it was like the end of the year, 2020. And that's when I received, you know, the truth. And there goes this podcast, 2020. And it's been going up ever since then. God give me all my clothes, much more. Better. Everything better. You know, um... When it comes to driving, I just thank God for that. I could be a very nervous driver because 
I sped a lot. I I gambled behind the wheel a lot. Since I had my license at 16, no one knows but those who were there how much I would race in my car. That I could have crashed and killed myself. Drinking and driving all the time. And I never got pulled over or a ticket due to it. Thank God. And I'm showing God that I can be behind a wheel and you trust me because I don't do those things anymore. I don't speed. I don't race. I don't drink anymore. So many times I was wondering, how did I get home? How did I park like that? I couldn't even stand up to park. And I parked in between two vehicles without crashing? I'm telling you. So drunk, didn't even know where the lights was to turn them on at night. People kept, you know, keying me, hey, turn your lights off. I'm like, yeah, as soon as I know where they are. I don't know where they are. I'm too drunk to find out. And I thank God so much for that. What I do love about our grandparents is during their time, when they saw someone going through it, they understood. They were there for it. You know, sure, my home is your home. My food is your food. You know, my clothes, your kids are good because my kid's good. It wasn't, oh, look at them. Like, we don't know what transition looks like from one place to glory and then glory to glory. We have to stop that. We out here ministering and doing missionary work. We look at people like victims because they don't know Christ. Many of us look like we high and mighty than we ought to think because people don't know him. So a man on a bench, I'm assuming that he's not saved because he's on a bench. That could be an angel sent to bless me because I'm thinking in a way I shouldn't think. Ooh, God. Hallelujah. Glory be unto God, okay? Honestly speaking, I got my license drunk. I passed my road test drunk. 16 years old. I'm not proud of that. I was in a deadly car crash that scared me from wanting to drive ever again. My cousin died sitting behind me in the seat. But she didn't die from the impact of the car. She died because they were rushing to get her in the helicopter and going up the ladder. She hit, you know, her head. They were rushing her. And they actually caused her to hit her head. And she died. They asked her grandmother, do you want to open up a case with this? No, let her rest. 
because people that was working there at that time in the helicopter wanted to cover it up. That's like if I serve food that was, you know, give you a large reaction and me and my coworkers, we try to cover it up. Like, no, we didn't do that. We, we going to work for, we going to, you know, team up on, you know, you, we work together. You ain't going to get us. We going to get you. And that's what they did. They were trying to cover it up. They tried to make it seem like the, that she died from the car accident. She had two holes going in the middle of her skull. Like two sharp metal poles going in the middle of her brain. So what in the car was made like that to do that to her head? So they were looking at me like, you didn't have anything behind your seat? No. Nothing. Nothing in your hair, no sharp objects. I have braids. So I let them know, don't play with me. You know I didn't come from this accident. It came from their accident in that helicopter. And the ladder has two metal things on each thing to keep the, you know, the steps going so you could climb up the steps. And that's what put the gashes in the middle of her head. But her grandmother didn't want to go through with a lawsuit. Just let her rest. So they got a couple of plaques, a couple of campaign, I mean, organizations, excuse me. And they have trees and, you know, different colleges in her junior high school in her name. But you can imagine how I felt. We were coming from my baby shower. This is her first time coming around us in years. And you die? We haven't seen you in five, six, seven years. And you're 12 years old. You're around us for the first time in so long. And you're so excited to be around us. And you die coming from my baby shower. I blame myself. She bought me a piggy bank. I got to buy my cousin something for a baby shower. She bought my son a piggy bank and she signed it. I never opened it. I never used it. I was thinking none of this would not happen had I not had the baby shower. She didn't want to go home. She wanted to be around us, her family. And we weren't even aware. All those baby shower pictures of mine weren't even aware was about to happen when we leave. On Branch Avenue, right across the street from my church home, which I knew nothing about at the time. The accident was right there by KFC. Made the news, everything. People pulling over and helping us, giving us coats. Like, they didn't cut me out the car. I was dying. Christ said, say in the name of Jesus. I said, in the name of Jesus. And I started coming to two, just like that. And I was able to talk. They were like, you the same woman that we seen? And it was nothing but God to put me in an ambulance with the guy who killed, I mean, well, who, yeah, who killed, not killed my cousin, but the guy who's responsible for the accident. And what happened was he was drunk behind a wheel, dozed off, and woke up in time and thought, you know, it was it was a light. And he realized the cars were coming very, you know, close. So you got to put on brake. He thought he was touching the brakes and he put his feet way down on the gas. Went to zero to 75 like that. So, you know, you try to, you know, drift off so you won't hit the car in front of you. And they wind up going on the opposite side of traffic, which was our vehicle. 
and it caused me to hate the make and model of a Del Monte Mitsubishi. I hated that car. Don't show me that car. That car kind of almost killed me. I was scared. Me and my mom, we were scared to even be in a car for like two years. I bought her a car after that. Did she bought her a car what she have now? I didn't get over being afraid to ever get behind a wheel again. I was like, you know what? I'll just do, you know, I just get chauffeured. I'm fine with that. I'll buy the car. Just drive me around in it. I'm just scared to drive. I'm scared. That's how I was. I was scared to drive again. I was so scared. And if you tell somebody, and if that's their strength, some people be like, oh, that's nothing. Girl, you better be free, baby. Be quiet because you have a weakness too, okay? I'm not going to put shrimp on your list that you got a shrimp problem. Or anything shrimp, always shrimp. You, you piss shrimp. Be quiet. We have to stop beating each other up over weaknesses and strengths. So what is my weakness your strength? Your strength my weakness. So what? Your weakness my strength. Does it matter? That's why arm sharpens arm. During this time, we're linking up. We need to. Not beat each other up, but link up. That car accident, the car almost blew up while we were in it. And they put me in an eminence with the man who did it. And they were really terrorizing him and interrogating him so bad. And he's hurt. He said, just leave me out here to die. I don't care. Kill me. I don't want to live anymore. And I said, hey, no, don't say that. They're looking at me like, why are you being nice to him? He, he almost killed you. But he didn't. If I can forgive, how much more can you? And I'm the one sitting here with broken ribs, pregnant. In labor for five days. You understand? My mom says, you don't drive much. Even with the car I have, I just got rid of. No, the man I forced me to marry drove all the time. I drive, I have to. But I was afraid. I was scared to drive. But I'll drive, I have to, no problem. We educated to learn how to drive. That's why you got your license. Well, that don't mean nothing to many people anyway. But anyway, it means something to me. And I was like, you know, I had to get over being afraid. And it wasn't afraid of what others can do to me. I started being afraid of what I can do to you in this car. What if I crash somebody? What if I run somebody over? I was so scared. You can't drive stressed out. You can't drive with anxiety. Because you'll have an anxiety attack while you're behind the wheel. And many of us have that every day, an anxiety, a panic attack behind the wheel. Because we're stressed or depressed about anything. And I thank God for, you know, healing me from that. You understand? It was a lot with that accident. To the point, I seen an angel. Now I'm aware. 
Because everybody was like, what is she talking about? That's the medication. I'll never forget this woman came in my hospital room. That's how serious it was. I had 24-hour security at my door. Because it became a homicide. Because my cousin died in an accident. Even though it wasn't in the car, but she still died due to the car crashing. Because she was injured and they carried her in a helicopter and she hit her head. So we had 24-hour security. And I'll never forget, this woman came with this brown suit, with this pen and pad, and was asking me what happened. And was asking me stuff about the man who did it. And I was like, he didn't mean to. It's okay. I'm not upset about him. Can you let him know that I'm not angry at him? I'm saying that. Hooked to a machine. Can you let him know I'm not angry at him? I don't hate him. It was a medicine machine. You push a button to go right in your bloodstream. And that gives you a high, oh my God, it's unbelievable. I was like, whoa, this stuff is in my system like that? My God. Whatever that was, I was like, as soon as you push the button, it's and you become addicted quick. So I started pushing the button quicker than it's time. It won't go until it's time for it. That's how strong it was. It won't come out until the button sets off for you to push it. And I was looking, looking, waiting for the countdown for that button. <laughs> Some more medicine, please. Hurry up. This medicine is my friend. <laughs> Let me buy this medicine something for Christmas. You understand? Something like that. You understand? I became very addicted to that medication. They had to take me off that machine. And they had me on Percocet and some other medicine, Tylenol 4s or something very strong. They give those to quote unquote cancer patients. And so I got addicted to that to the point I was writing my own prescriptions. To the point I made the year, oh my goodness, I, the year I put that total me, I put 1875. Well, why would I put that year for medication? That was nothing but God. Stop. You have an addiction that I'm about to get rid of. Where's my medicine? You know, you don't, you're not on medicine anymore. No, that's all I need. I'm, I'm in pain. Ouch. You don't have any pain. It, it hurts so bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, stop. I'm faking. Ouch. <laughs> my medicine back. That machine was something. But back to that woman that came and was questioning me. I was telling the doctors, a woman just left out of my room asking me questions. Ma'am, no one left your room. We have security standing there. No one went in your room. And God said to me, just last year, that was an angel. No wonder why I realized she walked through the door. I mean, she walked through the wall. Because she came from that way, not that way. You came from the wall. An angel of mercy was writing down a mercy report and took it to the throne of God on the behalf of that man. And God spared his life. But you have to realize my recovery wasn't good because it caused my son to be born early, him in the hospital for six months, his heart rate went to zero over four times, five times. Blood transfusion, he had all that going on. My little brother was injured. My mother almost died. They had her in hospice. They was like, say your goodbyes to, you know. So thank God I wasn't able to see my mom like that because I wouldn't have been able to take that. 
My mom is light skinned. She was purple. She was that dark from that much loss of blood. They said there's no hope for her. Y'all say y'all goodbyes. I was thinking about all that because of my baby shower. Then my cousin, you know, she went home because she was injured. So I was blaming myself for everything while I just had a baby. It was really bad. All I could think about is she died. She died. Everybody was spared and she died. How come, God? And she's the one that wanted to be there the most. She was just talking about what she going to do in school when she get to school on Monday. This is Saturday. She died on Saturday. School is Monday. And I felt so bad. I never wanted to drive again. And my mom knew that, but she didn't want to say anything. Because sometimes when you don't give nobody a floor or open door to walk in and say, they just leave it until you're comfortable to talk about it. And I thank God for deliverance from that. Hallelujah. God knows exactly what he's doing. Multiple vehicles are coming because I am over being afraid of hurting someone behind a wheel. Enjoy driving. Enjoy the purpose of being behind machinery. The make, the models, all of that. But just had to let go of being afraid of hurting someone. Because someone hurted me behind the wheel. That accident wasn't just no accident. You get up and you be, you know, get out the hospital. No, I had to do a funeral because of it. My cousin. I was in therapy for almost a year. I was reminded of that every day and it kept growing and growing on the inside, the fear. I hate cars. I hate driving. Hallelujah. <laughs> I just thought about my son going to driving school. Well, I, I was going to teach him, but I said, no, nah, I'd rather him go to driving school. Because <laughs> my son, his, it, it doesn't mean anything about, about your shoes and your foot, the weight, but I can, I can feel, you know, in my spirit, my son is... You know, heavy on the pedal. See, I drive with two feet. I know. I know. And I take off one shoe. If I, It depends on what shoe I have on. If it's not tennis shoes, then I could, you know, I'm going to take one shoe off. I cannot drive in slippery heels, you know, wedges and all that. I need to have control over the entire pedal. Yeah. But it's so amazing. We went, you know, 
go-kart riding the other day, right? <laughs> and you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> I was racing everybody. I said, oh, God, I got to let go of that mentality wanting to race. Stop wanting to race. Stop wanting to beat people, in, you know, in, on the road. I have to let that go. I don't know who in my family done that. I don't know. But I cast that down. Don't race. Don't compare and compete on the road. Because there are some people that want to go with you with that. And people were racing me up Willow Road. Up the whole Southern Avenue sometimes. I even asked a bus driver to race. I even charged him to race. I challenged, excuse me, I challenged him. He was like, I'm on a bus. <laughs> I'm driving. I mean, I'm on, at work. You gonna challenge me to race and I'm on a bus. This woman tripping. And I thank God for the gentleman who did it. I written him a letter, giving him a picture of me and my son. We're fine. Because he was afraid. They told him, she's pregnant. You know, because of you, she's in labor. And he was so he was so scared. Like, oh, my God. I'm sorry. So I let him know my child is fine. You know? It's all good, dude. I love you. Yeah. It's my time for now. Greater is he using us. <laughs> oh, God said when it was time for me to get off the job and leave the job where I was, they were, you know, trouble. Like, why? Why are you leaving? We gonna miss you. It has not been the same since. And for the co-workers at the time that were mocking me and laughing at me, I have an incoming call. Please excuse Hallelujah. And majority of them are no longer there. One person had a very nice vehicle. And she would spend all her money on her vehicle. And they took her vehicle. No longer have a job. A lot of things were happening to a lot of those people. And that was nothing but God bringing us to a place of humility. Like he always do. You only have because of me. Don't lose sight of anything. So we don't want to do that. I was losing sight. Now I'm a give I'm a cheerful giver and I love to do those things. Never lose sight of who I am. Never think I'm better than anybody, but I was being careless with my spending. Very careless. When I was living in the ways of the world. Hallelujah. And now God can trust me. And it's so funny that I don't know where that money is. It's twenty five to fifty thousand. I don't know where it is. I never told anybody because it was my secret. I didn't tell anybody. And I don't know what I did with it. I don't know where I put it. I even tried to Google, you know, missing money in my name. I cannot find what I did with that money. And the thing is, I know I didn't withdraw it out and put the cash away. No, I placed it somewhere. I don't know if I open up an account. I even Googled banks and my name is, nothing comes up. I was like, I don't know what I did with that money. And that's nothing but God. Because you understand, nothing but God. Because now I have the wisdom to keep. We can have so many ideas what to do with money we have. But if it's not what God wants, there's no wisdom in it. 
Hallelujah. I was really, I was really losing sight of who I was when I had all that money. I went to a liquor store and asked for a gallon of Hennessy. And the owner was like, you know how much this costs? I said, you know what? I'll buy this place. <laughs> See, I was changing. I was changing. I'll buy this place. Don't play with me. My mother was like, you are changing. Like, you're changing. And it wasn't me being rude or thinking I'm better. It's just that people kept prejudging. And when you do that, oh, I'm really going to throw money in your face. But I never retaliated. I never stooped to no one level. So why do that now? I went to um, Arundel Mills and Potomac Mills to go shopping with my mom. I said, you know, we're going to shop till we drop. She said, let's do it. We literally shopped till we drop. And we went to a store. It was a bathing suit store. And I saw this bathing suit I really wanted. I was like, dang, I never paid this much for a bathing suit before, though. But it's nice, though. I like how it was made. It's very uniquely made. I was like, this is nice. So we've been following around in the store. Like, you sure you can afford this? <laughs> Let me get this and this color, this and that color. Do you want anything in the store? You want anything? And it was like, oh, okay. Um, Well, hi, how are you? No, don't do that now. Don't do that now. It was a lot of that. Hallelujah. I was like, money is nothing to me. What's what? I got? I was throwing dollars in the air. I was throwing hundreds. I'm telling you guys. One thing I did that was so foolish, and I never told anybody. Oh God, it was New Year's Eve, and I would draw five thousand. And I just like, just making it rain. Like, y'all can keep this. This is nothing to me. And I walked off. They was like, give me this money. Everybody on the floor trying to grab it. I was like, it's nothing. Who does that? Come on. Who does that? Who does that? That money was changing me. That money was changing me because I didn't have the wisdom to ask God what to do with it. I could think of so many things to do now. And I thank God that nothing is ever lost. Everything is restored back to have another opportunity to make the right decision this time. Hallelujah. It's my time for now. I pray you guys enjoy that. <laughs> Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. I love you. <laughs>